Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Time to tackle, that's for sure, on a Friday morning. Woo, I need a whole cup of coffee for this one. I know, I need creamer my in my coffee. God. <laughs> Maybe extra sugar. <laughs> need, to, <laughs> need to satisfy the flesh on this one. No. <laughs> that's the truth. We, we caught that on the recording. Oh, great, wonderful. <laughs> I was talking about having sugar in my coffee. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Do you yes. usually put sugar in your coffee? No. Mm-mm. No. But when you brought up the topic for today, I felt like maybe that should be Today's the day coffee. for sugar in the coffee. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I usually put cream in my coffee. Do you? Mm-hmm. I do sometimes. But usually I like it straight black. No, I only black. like the second No contaminants. Black. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. So you mix it up between the two. I do. Why I is start that, off the day with... Um, cream in my coffee at 5 a.m. Mm. And uh, and I eat like some toast or something. And then about 10 o'clock, I have a second cup of coffee, black, but I always eat something sweet with it. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, interesting. Okay. So kind of balanced. Right. The, yeah. Right. Right. Because just a black cup of coffee. Yeah. That's so purposeful. I just chug coffee from about, yeah, Five in the morning until I think that's probably one. better given the topic. Like I <laughs> I it is too purposeful. Like I have a regimen and a need for this combination <laughs> by ten AM. There's there's some level of <laughs> so attachment. If to I this. yes, if I were to get rid of that, that would mess up the routine for ten AM. Mm. Unless unless intentionality is better than just sort of like I think so. I don't know, like hmm. So I think I'm on my third good. or my fifth cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Not sure. I better pour another one just in case, right? I mean, because well, then I'm not paying any attention to it. They're both kind of bad, yeah. right? They both have their downfall. There's <clears> got to <throat> be some kind of happy medium. Mm-hmm. Right, because on the one hand, Ken, it's all about utility for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes functional. Right? Well, not coffee. entirely. I do no? really enjoy it as well. But but it becomes like I, I, I'm not even paying attention to it, mm-hmm. right? That it's just sort of by habit. Like, do I have control over the coffee drinking? Hmm. Right? Like, do I have any sense of discipline over it? Mm-hmm. That, you, that would be the you? issue. Um, not currently. No, <laughs> I don't. I go through phases where I'll give it up for a while. Mm. Um, just Cold to, turkey? To, yeah. Just give up coffee? Yeah, to try it for like a couple of weeks, and then I'll go back. Wow. Um, that hurts. It. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. There's a... To, to, to come off to come off the caffeine high, especially when I'm used to drinking as much as I do. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would say currently, no, I don't have good discipline over it. Mm. Well, why don't we? Uh, why don't we? Since we've already kind of started opening off the topic, let's get started. So, welcome, folks, back to the Vici Mundum Show. Uh, we're glad you're tuning in. And today, if you didn't already pick up on it. Uh, we've got two coffee drinkers in the room. We've got. <laughs> we were just raising our, our mugs to each They're other, sharing <laughs> their their coffee mugs. <laughs> we've got Tina Wandersee <clears throat> drinking her coffee black, presumably with a sweet granola bar. <laughs> That's right. And Ken on his sixth or seventh cup, presumably. Like yeah. <laughs> and I'm here. Uh, I drank my coffee, and I intended to bring something to drink, but just didn't. So. Uh, so I'm in the same boat in spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we have a topic uh, that we, if you probably already kind of picked up a little bit on it, I wanted to talk about uh, the flesh versus the spirit. So, you know, a really simple, easy topic to dive into on a Friday morning uh, and to try and get through in about a half hour. Um, but 
I've been reflecting on this a little bit, probably for a while. Um, if you've listened to shows before, I've brought up uh, St. John of the Cross a number of times, and um, and he talks a lot about uh, purgation and kind of getting rid of things uh, and, and emptying a lot of the desires of the flesh. So I wanted to talk more about how the flesh and the spirit are in battle with each other and just have a conversation about what your all's experience has been and what, what kind of thoughts you've had along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get us started, I thought I'd read a Bible verse uh, because th- to me, this is a very consoling Bible verse. When we talk about uh, why is it hard to allow the spiritual to conquer, conquer the carnal, um, you know, there's kind of the two elements of us, the flesh and the soul and the spirit or the flesh and the spirit. And um, St. Paul writes a little bit about this. And keep in mind, St. Paul's a, a holy guy. Um, he wrote all these scriptures. Um, uh, you know, is a, a mystic, um, so it appears through his writings, um, is a, a man completely on fire, living his whole life towards the proclamation of the gospel. And this is what he writes. And so with that backdrop in mind, it's very consoling for me. Uh, this is Romans seven fourteen and 15. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold into slavery to sin. What I do, I do not understand, for I do not do what I want, but I do what I hate. Want me to read it again? Sure. All right. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold into slavery to sin. What I do, I do not understand, for I do not do what I want, but I do what I hate. I do not control the amount of coffee that I drink, but I drink lots of coffee. (laughs) 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 That's how I interpret that. (laughs) I think what kind of comes through for me when I read that is uh, is that St. Paul is a man <clears throat> that wants to live life um, free in the law, and he talks about this a lot. The whole cha- that whole particular chapter is kind of about uh, the purpose of the law, um, and then in Galatians he talks about life in the spirit, uh, and that there's there's kind of freedom from the law. There's uh, you know, you're you're living life in the spirit, and so there are things that aren't tying you down. But here in Romans, he talks about how uh, he wants to do something other than what he's doing. You know, his his will says do one thing, but then he does other things. You know, sold in the like the carnal, sold into slavery. He does other things, uh, presumably of the flesh, that he doesn't actually want to do. Have you guys had experience with this, or have have thoughts on that tension that that exists? Yeah, it makes me think. Um, you, have you guys seen the movie Up? Yes. Oh, I haven't. But, I really okay. want to. But so <laughs> you know, there's the dog in it that has the collar, mm-hmm. and he can like it interprets his thoughts. So you get to hear what the dog is thinking. And there are moments throughout, as you know, a popular part of the movie where he's he's like talking to someone, and then he's be oh squirrel, and he looks away, right? Like he's focused, and then he loses focus. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of the the theme of this dog throughout is this like love for life, but also this distraction. And that's actually what comes to mind for me is sort of like God, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Ooh this tantalizing thing over here, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. I love you. I love you. I love you. Ooh, cake. Mm. <laughs> right. Like, like just kind of the distraction, um, that can come from like my will, my will, my will. Oh, Oh, that really a second piece of cake would be really good right now, even though I've already had one and I'm full. Right. Like, like that's, that's what I think of is that dog with the squirrel. Like we get, yeah. we get focused. We, our will is, yearning for God and then, and then something comes along and it's just like, whether we almost like out of our control, we, we get pulled towards a a direction that, that is, 
distracting from from that mission. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's like a, a a problem of the intellect, really, um, because either end of the spectrum that we talked about, whether you're um, uh, find yourself eating your third piece of cake without even thinking of it, uh, a mindless sort of um, gratification, mm-hmm. or if um, if you've learned uh, to control it to some degree um, and are mindful about what um, oh gosh I can't think of the word I'm trying to find moderation there it is mindful of moderation then um, either way it's a battle with the it's a battle with the intellect one the intellect is either not awake or you're not using it um, hmm. or the other end of the spectrum you're in a battle with reasoning why you should or shouldn't at least have one piece of cake <laughs> right right you know so it's it, for me it's uh it's a matter of the intellect and uh, in its proper use. And I think that the devil loves to um, uh, mess with our intellect. Um, mm. this, is, this is something that is uh, a God-given a quality, uh, God-like. And so mm. what better place to wreak havoc than in the intellect? I think a lot of us think that the havoc is wreaked in our senses or in our body. Mm-hmm. But it really is, uh, at the end of the day, totally uh, a problem of the intellect. Because when you hear Paul say, why do I do the things um, I don't want to do or, you know, I know what should be done, this is totally um, about the intellect. Uh, People every day are eating things that they know are unhealthy for them. Uh, They're sick at the end of the day. They know what caused it, and yet they they go back to this same thing. And so I don't think that people, when they're in the midst of eating – uh, we talked about pizza earlier, so I'll just use that. When we're ta- when it, I don't think that in the moments that they're eating pizza, they remember or think about that this made them sick. Or they avoid the thought. But when they're sick, they think, gee, I shouldn't have done that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Doggone it. Yeah. That sounds like my daily exam at the end of every day. Why did I do all of that? <laughs> so I think it's a problem of the intellect. I think that that might make it easier to um, – to rein in or to mm-hmm. um, recover from, to gain one's sanity back, to uh, get into right thinking, than it is to sort of think, I have to control all of these senses. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I, I like the, you know, we had talked about this before, Tina, that there's um, the the image of like the shoulder demon and the shoulder angel, yes, you yes. know, that's like... Hollywood kind of was picking up on something here. And in our mind, there's this battle that goes on, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and Satan's insane. He's like, he's like bipolar, you Mm -hmm. know, because when you look at something, he says, uh, um, you know, you got to you shouldn't say no to that. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a little piece of cake. Right. It's not a big deal. Right. And then if you say, well, no, I can say no to it. Then he says, well, I guess you'll never have cake again. Right. <laughs> well, and we see, we see exactly. this in, uh, this brings to mind the the fall of man in chapter three of yeah. Genesis, because, because God says, right, they can have a fruit of any of the trees in the mm-hmm. garden, except yeah. the one tree. And then the devil's first question to the woman is, did God really tell you not to eat from any of the trees in the garden? So he twisted it. Mm. He twisted what was, like God said, any tree but this one. And he says, did he mean none of the trees? Yeah. Right? And so it's the same kind of thing, like, you'll never have cake again. 
If yeah. you don't have this piece right now, you may not have cake again. So this is your opportunity, right? Like God, did God really say you couldn't have any, any fruit at all? Right. Mm. And it's twisting, twisting. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. the, you know, that's why he's called the father of lies because he twists mm. those things just enough right. to mess with our intellect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what he did with Eve in the garden. Right. Right. It was just to mess a little bit with her trust in the father, with her, with her, with what she knew to be mm-hmm. true about God. He messed with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, you won't find too many, uh, you know, I think of the animals, you know, and the things that God created. You don't find too many birds digging a hole to, for their nest, to put their nest inside of, you know. <laughs> they just naturally go to the tree and, and make it, and, and they dig for worms, and they're not out, you know, uh, necessarily looking for, for cake. We ourselves, you know, go to the ocean side and throw bread out and uh, entice the birds to, to think that they want the bread. But for all intent and purposes, in the wild, animals are doing eating and operating the way that they should be because they don't have this battle going on in their mind mm. as to, do I mm. want to eat, you know, a chicken today or shall I, you know... <laughs> Find somebody with a a large cake, you know, so (laughs) there's something about the intellect that allows us to make good and uh, wrong choices. And, uh, and it is the ground for battle, Mm. you know, but I think there's also another element of, um, of habit. Mm-hmm. That you know we've uh, uh, we have a lifetime of forming these habits of um, of self indulgence or mm-hmm. of you know this is like like you were talking about you have a habit of the the yeah. coffee and the granola bar this is something that your body now just comes to expect mm-hmm. you know and so if if we're in a habit of every time we see an indulgence that looks delicious or delightful we we go for it then that's also a habit that we have to break and mm-hmm. I think. Um, and we have to break it to find freedom and life in the spirit, you know, freedom in, in Jesus Christ and uh, freedom for our souls to actually love. And uh, and I think that there's there's also the lie that we can fall uh, captive to that's, that's like, well, if you failed once, mm-hmm. then why even bother continuing to try? Because you're just going to keep on failing. Right. Right, and the Lord calls us uh, just to faithfulness. So He is faithful. Mm-hmm. That's all He calls us to. And um, as long as uh, as long as we have been given a new day, uh, and uh, our heart is pumping and air is going into the lungs, we can make as many turns back as we want. Um, the turning back stops as soon as you know our heart stops and our lungs stop. Mm-hmm. You know that. That is the the last. You say turning back to Jesus is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I consider that you know, um, you know, keeping uh, true to our relationship with Him, uh, the the promises uh, we've made to Him, the way He guides our lives, the the things we know we must give up, um, all of these things to strengthen our relationship with Him. We are allowed to turn back as many times as we want. And uh, what the devil likes to do is say, "No, doesn't that make you a fraud?" Mm. Oh yeah, you know. Well, but yeah. the the difference is, and and it can make some people a fraud. Some people are their hearts aren't into turning back. They just, you know, you, there's many Catholics who think I can do this, this, and this, and go to confession. And uh, but the Lord knows our hearts, mm. and so the, it's it's up to the Lord to decide if that heart is truly, honestly, trying to. Um, to overcome, you know, whatever whatever uh, sin or passion that they have, um, but the devil and society, even well-meaning society, likes to say, "Oh, but isn't that just um, fraudulent?" You mm. know, right? And I think also there's 
<clears throat> for for those who who are of goodwill and really trying to follow God, I think there's sort of two two lies that the devil will do before you take that extra um, indulgent, unnecessary piece of cake, mm-hmm. right? The second piece of cake, or what, whatever the the situation is. It, it, it's like he, the devil is tempting you with like, you're worth it. You can have this. You've worked hard today, right? Mm-hmm. You've done well today in all these other ways. You deserve that piece. And then as soon as you do it and you feel guilty, it's it turns around. And he's like, you're right. worthless. Yes. God wants nothing to do with you, <laughs> right? Like you That's see the right. twist. Yes. It's like, yes. it, and he's it, your really, buddy and your friend <clears throat> until, uh, until you succumb. And then he turns on you. Right, as if it wasn't his. He suggestion. is such a jerk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and I had this really was eye opening for me. I had someone once tell me, um, and I'd never really thought about it before. It's pretty obvious, but he said, you know, the devil cares nothing about you. He hates God, and what do you do to get at someone? You go for their kids. Mm. So he could care less about you. He just wants to hurt God, mm-hmm. and if you don't go to heaven, yeah, then he's hurt God. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, you can really see it as the yeah. temptations and the lies come out. I mean, the twists and the turns. There's no. I mean, he he doesn't care about us at all. There's nothing, right? You know, it's yeah, true. it's the <clears throat> truth. Uh, so, I think kind of continuing with the topic a little bit. Uh, what what is it that um, that makes us lose the ability to think rationally? So as as the uh, as those temptations come up, as a little shoulder demon starts talking, and you know, let's say you know, that we've got our eyes on God and we're trying to live, and then a temptation comes up, why do we lose that ability so quickly to think rationally about it? You, know, you were talking, Tina, about it being yeah. a matter of the intellect. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's the fall. I mean, it goes back to the the Garden of Eden. So, I, I think we, um, the more we. Uh, trust in ourselves and our own ability and sort of make a God of ourselves in our own lives, then, then the easier it is to, uh, to mindlessly do these things. When you try to, um, turn back and gain sanity of mind, um, it may start out, um, easy enough, um, because, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you can give up all of these things. Maybe you can for a time, um, follow the Lord, but it's always going to come back to the garden, I think, for all of us. And that is, um, once the Lord, um, has, uh, grown in, uh, has, has developed a relationship with us and, um, has, and we have, uh, continuously come to him, then, um, uh, at the point, uh, I think, and, and I'm not God, so I don't know, but at the point that um, he feels that we have been uh, uh, prepared enough, I think we always go back to the garden mm. and have to fight that same battle. And so it, it, it's on, I think it, it can be on different levels, you know, um, of what do I give up, you know, and what am I giving it up for? I think early on we give it up to, uh, because we love God. I mean, early, like any, any good, uh, engagement, you know, there's a beautiful and happy time. And, uh, you know, with any of our uh, spouses in that initial phase, we would have given up anything for them, you know, then you get married and now the real work begins. right? Right. And so the things that you have to give up or are demanded of you are different. Right, than the things you willingly want Exactly, to. and they're yeah. harder to give up, even though the same philosophy is going to be followed. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and so I think it's the same, it's the same thing for God. I think it always comes back to the garden. It mm. always comes back to what did God really say to you? 
What did he really mean when he mm. said that? Certainly he didn't ask you to do this. You know, Rationally, that doesn't really make sense, does it? And for us as uh, reasoning human beings, um, this is our downfall. Yeah. You know, is the Lord asking us to be reasonable or is he asking us to be sane? And reasonable here or reasonable in heaven? We, we don't even know really what is reasonable. We don't even know um, what it is to be human, let alone what it means to be reasonable. We know what society says is reasonable, but we can't even trust society because yeah. they're completely insane. <laughs> <laughs> but yet we yeah. base our reason off of that mm-hmm. right. instead mm-hmm. of off of the gospel. Mm. Right. Yeah. Right, because we have – I was reflecting on this with a friend the other day. Um, we don't really have to ask the question like so many great philosophers did for so long. What does it uh, mean to be human and and why are we here? These kind of questions that like what is a purposeful life? We don't have to ask that because God himself became man and told us how to do it and showed us how to do it. So like the fullness of life, yes, I mean, we're going to naturally still ask that question, but the answer is Jesus Christ. And so we don't don't have to sort of wrestle with that, but it's conforming our lives more and more to him. And trusting, (laughs) I think that's a huge piece here, Mm -hmm. is trusting that he knows that God knows what he's doing, yeah, right? He like, is who he says he is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that what he says is the right path mm-hmm. in the well, midst of this sort of crazy, yeah. like reasoning that sometimes we can get pulled in different directions. Yeah. And I think that's one of the, to me, for me anyway, that's one of the, the lies that Satan tells us that I find, uh, more challenging to bring myself back to the truth is that, uh, is that, you know, if you, if you, if, if we decide we want to live life, more in the spirit, you know, in the spirit, and give up some of these desires of the flesh. That if I say no, and we talked about this, we keep using the imagery of cake, yeah. but if I say no to the cake now, I'll never have it again. That one, to me, sometimes is harder to reconcile because right. I say, well, is that really what it's going to be? Because I, I, I prefer God to this cake, but I still want that cake, right. you know, and that desire has Life's hard. Left. Life's hard. Life's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. And so for me, that is like, that. that's one of the questions is do, uh, am I going to have to give this up forever? And I've wrestled with this and, um, and I had like some imagery that came to mind, uh, is the imagery of a nursing baby, you know, that the baby wants the milk from its mother. Uh, and God or the parents are saying, there's, there's better things. And as a baby gets older, there are better things. There's a better way of living, Mm -hmm. but the baby still wants to keep going to the milk. Mm -hmm. And so you give the baby a little bit of rice cereal. Okay. That's, that's okay. But they still want the milk. And sooner or later, the parents have to wean the child off of, off of the milk, the mother's milk, so that the child can consume things that are much better. Um, and that, that's what I've found, uh, that, on a few occasions that as I've given up things entirely and said, okay, I'm done with this, is that Jesus comes in and replaces it with something, with a steak, you know, with something that's far better and says, I love you and I want to feed you differently now. Right. And that to me would be the engagement. And so that it does, uh, there is a passage in scripture that, that, that follows something along those lines of the infant and growing and uh, ends with, and somebody uh, else will dress me, and I will go to places I don't want to go, or or have to mm, endure yes. things I don't want yeah. to endure. So, yeah. <laughs> you know? so at some point, even the even the stake is pulled away, 
And, um, and oh, don't tell Lord- me that, Tina. I'm enjoying this thing. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord uh, uh, dresses one, and and now you you uh, you know I essentially hear that to say uh, you uh, now uh, obey and uh, and follow uh, someone else's um, direction, and and this will lead uh, to a persecution in the cross for sure. Mm, but lead to places comes after one that? doesn't want to go. Well, heaven, of course, but <laughs> for all intent and purposes, it is so. You know, in the, if you were to think rationally, you could say, um, "How much do I really need that cake?" And I'm not saying that if you eat the cake, you're not going to heaven. But right. in in all rationale, um, eternity is a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, and what can what can one do now, not to deprive oneself, but to grow closer to God? Mm-hmm. Because our time here is really about. Uh, uh, finding God, being with God, uh, sharing our lives with each other, uh, being vulnerable to each other, um, and and somehow uh, bringing uh, the kingdom of God here alive now. Mm. And while we do that, uh, we get the opportunity of growing more and more and more uh, in our love for God. Once we die, uh, that love stays right where it's at. It doesn't have the ability to grow um, any further. Not that, mm. not that you're going to notice that, but right. but right here and now, so much can happen for us. You mm. know, we can learn so much by getting involved. And in the grand scheme of things, uh, what we need to keep at the front of our intellect and in our mind is that um, uh, that the. That this um, this being with God and this love of God is is um, so much more important than any suffering that we go. It's like a, a blink of the eye. This suffering yeah. um, that it wouldn't have mattered. So I, I know that on the other side of this, we will look back and say it wouldn't have been that hard mm. mm-hmm. had I only kept my eyes and my mind and my uh, heart focused on God. Then it wouldn't have been that hard. Yeah, and that's, I mean, what you touched on there is that's it. That's kind of like what what I've been thinking about and wrestling with is that that's that's the friction between uh, that that it's not about like depriving myself. It's about getting closer to Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that's what you don't deny yourself. So right. so that you know you're depressed. So woe is me, yeah. and you know look what I did, Lord. Yeah. It's no, it's so that you have more capacity to love Jesus. Right. Yeah. You know, but there's an element that you talked about, Ken, that that requires a great deal of trust. Mm-hmm. That in order to deprive ourselves, no, to grow closer to Jesus, we have to trust that that relationship is going to bear fruit and is going to be more blissful than, yeah. uh, you know, than otherwise. Right. And right. and while yes, that does include uh, the cross. Absolutely, that that's mm-hmm. what what the Christian must go through. Mm-hmm. Um, that life ultimately with Jesus is yeah. that's paradise. Yeah. That's perfection. I think yeah. our suffering, the depth of our suffering and giving up something, and I'm just gonna stick with the theme of the cake. I don't want you know, I don't want anybody <laughs> to think that this cake is a problem. <laughs> There's gonna be a cake on the cover yeah, image we'll just, of this episode. Tr- for sure. <laughs> put, put an image of something else other than a cake if that's your problem. But um <laughs> yeah. but uh, to just stay in line with the cake, I think oh gosh, and I just went off on a rant and forgot what I was gonna say. Well, so so here's a here's a here's a thought that's coming to mind because we keep right we keep using this image of the cake and I think like the, there's a lot more like uh, maybe the cake is what's really sinful for yeah. you but there are a lot more depths of sin right that we're talking about carnal and flesh and all of that yes, so yes. so let's like we're using the image of a cake but the cake is not necessarily a sin in and of itself that's correct so, and the and the reason I mention it is because to the degree that I love the cake or substitute anything else. 
That is the degree of suffering I'm going to endure. So it's not because of the cake. It's because mm. of my love yeah. for the cake. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. love for the cake has somehow um, taken um, – uh, it does not involve God. Yeah. Okay, it involves something different. And so um, to the degree that it is difficult for me to walk away is the degree of my um, attachment to it right. for something other than what its purpose was. And that was to celebrate somebody's birthday. Right. No, 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 no. But this is, this is perfect because the, the, this is the example that I have kind of from personally, yes. right? Like there's always – I love it. There's always like different yummy treats, right, around the office that, that people bring and it's really a wonderful gift. Some of it is so well baked and so yummy. Um, don't, don't pull a Father Nick here. Kim. I'm not pulling a Father Nick. I love it all. Please bring it. But I, I personally I, – I'm a stress eater. So if work starts to get stressful, I start looking for the sweets, right? Mm. Instead of turning in trust to Jesus to help me with that situation. Mm. Whereas when everyone's gathering around these sweets that someone's provided and we're all talking and laughing and we enjoy a cookie, there's something beautiful there in is. that. There that is. God really desires there for us is. to have that there community is. around good food. Yeah. But there the fact is. that I, like in the other instance, yes. am using it to replace God in right. my life, right. that's mm. where it becomes a problem. That's a key right. distinction. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever uh, and I've tried this several times, come to work with nothing and thought, I wonder what will be provided for me today. I have done that. And it is fascinating. It you know, is. some days are very bountiful and others are fasting days. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I guess the Lord wants me to fast. <laughs> but you know what you become in that moment when you've brought nothing and you're counting on somebody to drop something off? Um, you become a beggar inside. You're yeah. like, you, you mm-hmm. hear yourself praying, dear God, please let somebody. <laughs> drop off I'm hungry. Day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You become a beggar. And, uh, but it is fascinating because sometimes I will do that. To, to, to get out of my intellect. Yeah. I'm not bringing anything in the Lord. We'll see what he provides today. And it is beautiful if somebody drops off cookies or um, uh, something else, and, uh, and one has not already satisfied oneself and can participate full-heartedly in the joy mm. of being able to celebrate the fact that uh, somebody has made delicious cookies and we can take a break from our stressful work and just be in community with each other around the cookie table. So right. It all makes sense now, Tina, why the one day when I showed up and I said, uh, I thought I left my lunch out on the table. So I was like, oh, I got to go put that in the fridge. <laughs> Tina's standing on the uh, in the kitchen, and I open the door. I'm like, "Oh, whew, good! I put my lunch in the fridge." And she pulled a total mom and was like, "Come on, I'm sure there'll be food for you. You'll be fine, Austin." <laughs> Were you fasting that day? Were you begging? Were you begging that day? I might have been a little grouchy. <laughs> well, we're about thirty minutes. Is there is there anything any last thought that uh, either of you want to give? I think we we covered a lot of it. So. Cool. All right. Well, thank you guys. This was great. I feel like this is a topic we could continue talking about for a long time. Uh, and I'm very concerned. Oh, thank God. I looked at my computer and everything froze. I thought we were toast Uh-oh. this whole podcast. <laughs> uh, but we're okay. It came back to life. Okay. That was well, let's call. But at any rate, I just want to uh, encourage all of you. Thank you all for listening in today. And uh, please... Um, uh, Review us, um, share this podcast with your friends and family if you uh, found it to be beneficial and helpful. Um, help us to proclaim the the good news. And also, if you'd like to be on the show, we'd love to to, uh, to interview you and have you come in and uh, talk about something that's on your heart. You can go to our website, vichimundum.com, V-I-C-I-M-U-N-D. 
D-U-M.com. And there's an application you can fill it out. Um, and it's always great when we can have a parishioner or somebody, somebody local come on the show and uh, proclaim with us. Um, so I think, is that it? You can also send us an email, beachymundum1633 at gmail.com. I think that's all my closing remarks. So until next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call of the new evangelization and sharing their love of Christ with you. God bless you. Now I'm going to go get some more coffee and maybe some cake, too, if there's cake. Ooh, cake time! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely want cake now.